Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Chapter 18, Depressed Mom. Welcome everybody back to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. Today I am talking about my own experience with depression. This is not clinical advice. Although I am educated in the psychology field, I am not in this profession. So this is not professional advice in any which way. If you are experiencing symptoms of depression, you should seek medical attention or professional attention. First, I think it's important to clarify what depression is. According to the American Psychiatric Association, depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is treatable. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease the person's ability to function at work or at home. Depression symptoms can vary from mild to severe and can include feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest of pleasure in activities once enjoyed, changes in appetite, weight loss, or gain unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, Increased in purposeless activities, such as handwriting or pacing, or slowed movement and speech, you know, actions observed by others. Feelings of worthlessness and or guilt, and difficulty in thinking, concentrating, and making decisions. Also, thoughts of suicide or death. Symptoms must last at least two weeks for a diagnosis of depression. Also, medical conditions such as thyroid problems or brain tumors, vitamin deficiencies can also mimic symptoms of depression, so it is important to rule out any general medical causes. Depression affects an estimated of 1 in 15 adults in any given year, and 1 in 6 people will experience depression at some point in their life. Depression can also strike at any time, but on average, it appears during the late teens to mid-20s. Women are more likely than men to experience depression. Some studies show that one-third of women will experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime. Now, depression is different from sadness or grief. The death of a loved one or loss of a job or an ending of a relationship are difficult experiences for a person to endure. It is normal to have those feelings of sadness or grief if it were to develop out of those situations. But being sad is not the same as having depression. The grieving process is a natural and unique to each individual and shares some of the same features of depression. 
Both grief and depression may involve intense sadness and withdrawal from usual activities. Depression is usually treated with medication and or psychotherapy, which is talk therapy. Sometimes you take the medication and the therapy, or sometimes you do one or the other, but usually it's best to do both. Did you know that Family Friendly CBD doesn't just carry CBD products, although the CBD products are great. There's a healing cream, there's a sleep aid, there's an energy burst that all do have CBD, but we also offer products that are non-CBD like skincare line and extreme shakes and Super 7 supplements. Click on the link on the website for more information as to what products are CBD and what products are not. And again, we have a skincare line, pet line, nutrition, and of course, CBD oil drops. Now, with that said, this is my story. The first time that I experienced depression, I was 20 years old and I was married at the time. And I was just going through a lot of problems with my first husband. I just felt really trapped because I didn't want to be in the marriage. And he was so young that he wanted to go out and party and do whatever he wanted and drink. And I couldn't do any of that. I was a mom and I had more responsibilities than that. So we were kind of in a marriage that I wasn't happy in. So I was really unhappy. And at the time, I was still trying to change him and, you know, tell him, oh, you got to be just as responsible as, as I am. And you can't go out and you can't do this. And anyways, I talked about my first marriage in the first two episodes that I have explaining just how unhappy I was. So I was just feeling very sad, very, you know, depressed, very trapped in my situation. I felt hopeless of the situation. I thought that, you know, nothing was helping, nothing that I was saying was helping. And I was, I remember I was just crying because at the time I only had Adam and he was drinking and doing I don't know what and staying out all hours of the night. And I didn't feel it was fair. And I just remember thinking that maybe if I take this razor blade and I cut my wrist, what would that be like? You know, I thought, what would that be like? And I thought, well, and the thing that stopped me was I couldn't leave my son. I thought, you know, I can't leave my son. Like, he's not going to take care of him, right? And so I put it down right away. And, you know, I asked for forgiveness immediately. I was a good Catholic girl. So I was asking for forgiveness for even having that kind of thought. But I was like super depressed about it. And I decided to try to go to counseling for the first time. And they were just trying to talk to me about pretty much you can't change him. You got to accept how things are. You should maybe go to Al-Anon. And I thought, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't going to change my situation. And I felt very sad and he knew it. My first husband knew that I was very sad and he started going to AA and trying to help the situation. But my depression was more handled in anger because I didn't even want to give counseling a chance. I didn't want to, I didn't even want to admit to anybody that I was depressed and it would come out in anger. I was just angry all the time. So five years later, I had separated from my first husband. I was going through a divorce and at the time I was also injured and I couldn't work. So I felt pretty hopeless because I felt like I had failed my marriage I was just in a lot of pain because of the injury and I couldn't even go back to work and support my kids. And I felt 
pretty hopeless about my situation. And I thought, who's going to want me with two kids? And I was just worried about bringing another person into my kid's life. And I was thinking like, they're going to take advantage of me. Because for some reason, I just thought that single moms were a target to be taken advantage of. And also, I just didn't feel good enough because he cheated on me. And so I lost a lot of my confidence. I lost a lot of my self-esteem. And at the time, I was just crying and crying and crying. I just could not even hold it together. I had started the university, and it was all that I can do to keep myself together during the classes. And as soon as I would start walking to my car, just the tears would start pouring down. And I, and I remember crying all the way back home, you know, driving in traffic. And just that was my time to just like cry in private, which wasn't good because you can't really see and concentrate when you're crying while you're driving. So that time was pretty, pretty bad. I, I felt very hopeless about it. I felt like a failure, really. And I worried about my kids at the time as well. And during that time, I just remember just crying so much that my son, Adam, was only eight years old and he was taking care of me. He was making sure that I ate like he would make noodle soups for me with um, my brother, with his uncle. And they would send it to the room for me and feed me in bed and, you know, make sure that I got up. He would help take care of his sister at the time. She was only four at the time. And then it made me feel even worse because I'm like, how is my eight-year-old taking care of me and his sister? And I'm in here locked up in my room crying all the time. And at that point, it was already three weeks that I was experiencing these symptoms and I wanted to go to the hospital. I remember making an appointment with my doctor and saying, please send me to the hospital. I, I can't take this. I, I want to go to the hospital. I want to be hospitalized for a while so that I can gain control of myself. And they told me no. They told me it wasn't severe enough for me to go to the hospital, but they did start me with a therapist and they did start me on antidepressants. And so I was taking medication. And the medication helped me because with depression, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain, right? Not only the event that happened, but there's a biological change that happens in your brain. And so there's an, a chemical imbalance. So once I started taking the medication, it did take about two weeks for it to kick in for me to feel better. So it was like a total of almost um, five to six weeks that I was feeling like this. And I started feeling better and I started going to therapy. And so I started feeling a lot better. The therapist really helped me see my self-worth, you know, helped me get my self-esteem back, helped me realize that regardless of what he did when he cheated, that had really nothing to do with me. That had more to do with him. You know, it was his feelings of what he was going through and he wanted to do what he wanted to do regardless of the consequences. So it really had nothing to do with me and it, it really did help me to see the therapist so that I can gain my confidence back. But honestly, I was on medication and going to therapy for about four months and then I finally felt well enough to stop taking medication and to, I guess, graduate from the psychotherapy. And I came out just so much stronger because of it. So five years later, I was in a very unhappy second marriage, and I started feeling depressed again. Now, in between those five years, I did have uh, some losses. My grandmother had died, and then my nephew had died. And in those times, I was grieving, and I was grieving a lot, but I wasn't depressed. I was very sad that I had lost my grandmother, but then again, she had lived a full life, so we all knew because she was sick and we all knew that it was coming. So I didn't grieve that long. 
for her. Even though I missed her, I loved her, I did grieve, I did mourn, I didn't fall into that depression. And then when my nephew had died, he was only five and a half years old. And that one was a little bit harder for me to get over because we were not expecting it. But I didn't fall into that depression. I, I saw the diff, I felt the difference, you know, it would come in waves, my sadness and my grieving for him. And it usually was because I was thinking about him or um, I saw something that reminded me of him. And then it just brought back that pain that he's not here anymore. And that lasted years that I would cry about his loss, but I wasn't depressed. It didn't keep me from eating. It didn't cause me to go to sleep early because when I get depressed, I look for seven or eight o'clock and I want to go to sleep and I want to sleep as much as I can. I have no appetite. I feel hopeless. Like, what's the point? The sun doesn't seem that bright to me. It's just like beautiful, bright, sunny days are no different than rainy days to me when I'm depressed. And that wasn't what I was experiencing. I was just experiencing like, oh, there's Mickey Mouse. And he loved Mickey Mouse. And so I would feel sad to the point where my second ex-husband would tell me, it's been two years, you need to get over it. Well, sorry, it's kind of hard to get over losing your only nephew. So when I did find myself so unhappy in my second marriage, Uh, I found myself having those symptoms again where I just wasn't eating. I wanted to go to bed early. I just felt so hopeless. I thought, you know, what am I depressed about? I have, you know, a great career. I'm very successful. I live in a million dollar house. There's nothing for me to be depressed about. I'm able to buy my kids everything that they want. And I just felt like I shouldn't, because I had all these material things, I shouldn't feel depressed, but I was. I was depressed because I was in a loveless marriage and he was very emotionally abusive towards us, which caused me to feel like I failed again. I failed again. You know, the first time I failed, the second time I'm going to fail and, you know, I'm going to have two divorces and he wasn't interested in trying to save our marriage. I felt like I was the only one trying to save it. And he wasn't interested. So I felt, again, hopeless and worthless because here I am, a younger wife for him, you know, and he has no interest in me. And he had no interest in saving us. And he just didn't, he just didn't even care. So I felt alone and depressed and taken for granted. And just, I just felt invisible in the marriage. And I had been crying for a month or so, and I had been depressed for a while because even a year before, I remember I was working out, um, I was getting really good results, and my trainer was like, hey, Veronica, you're, you should be proud of yourself. You're able to lift 20 pounds more than what you started with, and you have some definition here, you have some definition there, you know, aren't you proud of yourself? And I remember looking at him and saying, well, yeah, I see the results, but um, when is the endorphin supposed to kick in? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, people really enjoy working out and they get excited about it and there's endorphins going on. And I don't feel that, you know, I still feel like this is a chore. When am I going to start enjoying this? And he told me, you've been working out for almost three months and you're getting results. If you're not feeling that, you know, you should have felt that by now. So if you're not feeling that, and he looked at me a little confused and he asked me, are you depressed? And I'm like, well, no, I have nothing to be depressed about. And he thought, okay, well, you know, usually if you're depressed, things like this can still seem like a chore. And I left it at that. I didn't think anything of it because like I said, I had a lot 
of good things going on in my life. You know, I wasn't a millionaire, but I was living a very comfortable life. I just felt very alone. You know, I just didn't have friends and my husband ignored me. So anyway, like a year later, you know, I just kept crying and crying and I just couldn't stop. So I had decided that I was going to watch a documentary and I had watched this documentary before. I had like watched it like two or three times before. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch this documentary called The Secret and, you know, try to get my head straight, try to get my head back in the game and get over this, right? And so I was watching The Secret. And if you've ever watched it, um, it's a great documentary. You should definitely watch it with an open mind. You know, it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. I understand that. But give it a try. Anyway, I really enjoy watching it. So I had it on DVD. And this was, you know, way back in 2006. And I had it on DVD and I popped it into the DVD player and I was just watching it. And there came a part in the movie where one of the speakers talks about having a gratitude rock. And I connected with that at that moment. I thought, you know what, that's what I need. I need some type of gratitude rock that I can hold and remember all my blessings because I'm very blessed. And so I thought to myself, as soon as this is over, I'm going to try to be mindful and try to find something, some type of like gratitude rock, something that I can hold on to, to remind me of my blessings. So before the movie was over, the kids came home from school. Adam and Leah came home from school. And Leah was 10 years old at this point. And so she comes in and she runs upstairs and she gets all excited and she's looking for me and she tells me, Mommy, Mommy, look what I found. I found this on my way home from school and I want to give it to you. And she handed me this little metal, this little piece. I I don't know what else to call it other than a charm. It's like this little metal piece that says blessings on it. And I looked at her and I'm like, where did you find this? And she's like, oh, on my way home from school. And I picked it up and I just want to give it to you. And she handed it to me and I started crying even harder. And she's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm glad that you gave me this. This is exactly what I needed. Thank you. And I still have it. I still have it today. I have it in my wallet. And every now and again, whenever I'm feeling blue or down, or I'm starting to feel like sad and not able to control myself, I take it out of my wallet. I put it in my hand. And yeah, I hold on to that feeling that I felt when she gave it to me because I felt so hopeless at that point. And when she gave it to me, it just gave me a feeling of, yes, I'm blessed. There are a lot of blessings going on in my life. And this is exactly what I need to remind me. So believe it or not, that was the last time that I ever felt depressed was 13 years ago. And the way that I have kept myself from falling back into that depression, because once you've been depressed and you've been on medication and you've been diagnosed with it, usually it's reoccurring. Usually it comes back. Not always, but usually it will come back. And that's something that you battle with for the rest of your life. But for me, it's been 13 years. And in those 13 years, I've had a lot of trials and tribulations. I've had a lot of letdowns. I've had a lot of reasons to feel like my depression could come back. And I've always been able to block it by using that little charm, remembering my blessings and changing my thoughts. So using what I've learned, I've decided to redirect my thoughts. So as soon as I start feeling down and like start feeling like, oh, this might be hopeless, this, you know, is not working out for me or whatever. I redirect my thoughts now to look at how blessed you are. Look at the people that you have in your life. Look what you've done. 
previously, what you can get over, if you can get over that, you can definitely get over something so minor. So if I'm having a negative thought, I change it to something positive. And the other thing that really does help me is meditation. I found this self-hypnosis recording that I've been listening to, and it really helps me get my, my mind back into focus. Now with podcasts, I found quite a few different meditation podcasts that I listen to, and that helps me just keep my mind straight. Some people like to pray, and I think that that's a great way as well. If you're praying, you just send or lift or surrender your burdens to the Lord or to your Savior or to your higher power, and that also can help you get your mind in a positive way. I personally like to meditate and also look for the lesson. Like there's a lesson in what you're going through. This is a trial. This is a test. What is the lesson you're supposed to learn that you're supposed to take away? And that is the best thing that you can do when you're feeling down. You just look for the lesson. What is the lesson? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed? What's there that's supposed to make me stronger? Now, I realize that this has worked for me, that this may not be for everybody. And I have moments of, you know, grief or heartbreak. You know, there's, there's also been heartbreak that I've gone through that could have put me right back into depression. But I was able to redirect my thoughts. I was able to not get sucked into this hole because as soon as you get sucked into the hole, that light looks like a pinhole. It looks almost impossible to reach without any help. So I can recognize as soon as my signs start popping up and I know how to get myself out of it. Like I said, I realize that this works for me. It may not work for everybody. But if you do find yourself experiencing the symptoms of depression, do seek professional advice and medication will help balance the chemicals in your brain and therapy will help you deal with your emotions. But the goal is to recover and not be on medication forever. And for that person needs to find just another healthy way of coping skills that work for the individual. So like I said, some, you know, healthy coping skills could be working out, some be a hobby, things that you definitely enjoy. If you're unable to redirect your thoughts and you just feel very hopeless, definitely do seek professional help. So that was my story on depression. It's definitely a lot more involved than how quickly I got through it. Um, I do remember one time losing 10 pounds in two weeks just because all I wanted to do was sleep and definitely neglected eating. There were thoughts of what would it be like if I wasn't here anymore. And the thing that just kept me going is, you know, I have my kids. I have my kids. And this was before I had the three little ones. This was when I only had Adam and Leah. And like I said, I still have that little blessing metal thing that I have, little charm. And it does help me. Now, and I keep saying this, I know I keep saying this, but it helped me. So if you're in that situation and you're starting to see symptoms creep up, definitely try to find something that's going to help you. It doesn't have to be, you know, a gratitude rock or a certain item. It could be a memory. It could be um, a piece of clothing. You know, it could be anything that'll help you snap out of it. Not so much like snap out of it, but, you know, it helps you redirect your thoughts. If you can't do it on your own, which most people can't, do seek medical attention. So this was a very short episode, but also a very important topic to be had as well. 
And I also want to let you know that I might take a two-week break on the podcast only because I am going to be working on more content and having more guests come on the podcast as well. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at Mother Podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.